Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Kind of a gory one, but I promise there actually is application from this text for your daily life. Watch. Judges chapter 5, verse 24 through 27, here in Deborah's song, she's going to give a shout out to JL, whom we saw in our sermon this past weekend, Judges chapter 4, kill the general of Jabin's army. That general's name was Sisera. Most blessed of women is Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. She is most blessed among tent-dwelling women. All right, so these are the descendants of Moses' father-in-law, and that they are tent-dwelling women. This is iterated in chapter 4. They are Bedouins. Uh, some members of the Redemption Church just took a trip to Israel and saw the Bedouins in their tents. He asked for water. She gave him milk. She brought him cream in a majestic bowl. She reached for a tent peg, her right hand for a workman's hammer. Then she hammered Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. He collapsed. He fell. He lay down between her feet. He collapsed. He fell between her feet. Where he collapsed, there he fell, dead. So the redundancy not only of just this part of the song compared to the narrative that precedes it, but also the redundancy built within 27 is there again, because this is a song and repetition is a tool that's been used in music since the beginning of music. And so uh, I believe this could have been put to a heavy metal tune. So JL remember is uh, a Bedouin. Bedouins were nomadic. Their political allegiances were just kind of anywhere. And so they actually had favor with King Jabin. What's interesting about that is that it actually could have put them in the crosshairs of the Israelites, potentially, making it all the more egregious that Cicero would endanger a woman like this by going into her tent while he's being hunted by the men on the battlefield that, from which he just fled. But Jael whose motives are not entirely clear, did exactly what God preordained would happen through Deborah's prophecy. She may have wanted to curry favor with the Israelites, detecting perhaps that God was on their side, perhaps some lingering lore passed in the oral tradition from uh, Moses' father-in-law had caused her to want to curry favor with the Israelites. Regardless of her motives, she was not an Israelite, but she helped the Israelites. She did exactly what Barak was originally called to do. This is the fulfillment of Deborah's prophecy. And as gory as this passage is, it does speak to the fact that God did what he said he would do. As gory as this refrain is, it is a fulfillment of prophecy, and it's proof that God can use anyone to do anything. We've seen Caiaphas, the high priest, inadvertently prophesy. We've studied the works of Balaam, for example, who could not curse the people of God, but was used by God to pronounce blessings upon Israel. When you see truth out there in the world, when you see truth come particularly from a secular non-Christian source, and you're like, man, this sounds like really good advice, but I want to be a man of the Bible. I want to be a woman of the Bible. How do I reconcile the fact that I'm applying secular advice to my life? Shouldn't scripture, shouldn't this be the first and foremost of my life? Well, the good news is that when you get a glimpse of truth, you're getting a glimpse of Jesus because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
For thousands of years, even people who do not worship God have been used by God to accomplish God's ends. God has even spoken through people who professed not to believe in him. God prophesied through one of the men who was in the council that would bring about the crucifixion of Jesus. God used Jael, a Bedouin woman, to carry out what Barak, the commander of Israel's army, was supposed to have done. God can do absolutely anything through anyone at any time. So when you get a glimpse of the truth today, I want you to see just a tiny glimpse of Jesus. And remember, regardless of the source, no one is beyond God's reach to use.